Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Hunt for Wellness podcast with Christian Robert. 43, Rhonda. It's another great day for wellness, and this is Bones bringing the packs of F3 Nation the latest strategies and tips to accelerate their king and optimize their queen. Health is a journey and requires you to take a proactive approach on a daily basis. Knowing exactly what to do and how to do it will help you achieve it faster. Each week, we are going to be interviewing the leading health and wellness experts, sharing inspiring stories from the packs, and diving into the latest research to help you optimize your health. So get ready as we embark on your hunt for wellness. Well, welcome back to another edition of the Hunt for Wellness podcast. This is Dr. Tunis Hunt otherwise known as Bones in the Gloom. And Pax, super excited to be back with you on the airways this week and super excited about our guest. Uh, as many of you know, I get the privilege of talking to high-impact men across this country, and uh, today is no exception. And as we were kind of pre-chatting through our uh, intro here uh, before we pressed record, Found out we had a little bit of kindred spirits uh, back in the Midwest, uh, as many of you may know or may not know. Um, I'm a chiropractor, and I went to school out in St. Louis, Missouri, and in fact, was born in St. Louis, Missouri. And this is where our guest currently resides and is a major impact player for the PAX of F3. And of course, I am talking about none other than Christian Robert, otherwise known as Rhonda in the Gloom. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate it. Super honored. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. So let's start from the beginning of of kind of your F3 story here, uh, Rhonda. Uh, Let us know a little bit about how you learned about F3, certainly uh, that first experience with F3 and and why the name Rhonda. Yeah. Um, So one of the godfathers of St. Louis, his name is um, Patino. And Patino and I, at the time, were going to the same church when we lived closer in that area. And I just kept seeing 
a slimmer and slimmer version of Patino going to church. And at this point, 2019, I had I had I wrestled in high school, I wrestled in college for a few years, and then um I was coaching and then I just got away from everything. Um life just really spiraled out of control. And um I honestly, as my kids range from three to nine, somewhere around 2017, I mean it was two years of just gluttony without balanced. Um and I'm like I didn't know him as Patino. I'm like, Mitchell, what are you doing? Andrew Mitchell. I was like, he's like, oh, I work out this with this group. We didn't do anything with it. He didn't EH me that first day. He says that I EH myself, but it was his model, like him uh, modeling, like whatever it is, it is that he was doing. And I was like, man, I'm in next that next week. I was like, whatever it is you're doing, I'm in. I want in. And that first beatdown was at the Huck was in February of 2019. I was wiped and I was so frustrated at how wiped I was, but they were on a kick of naming something like, well, the person before me played college soccer and they named him Ham. And then they got to me and they're like, hey, you wrestled, right? And I mean, almost right away, someone said Ronda Rousey and then they just landed on Ronda. And the joke's on them because it's supposed to be a little bit of a hit on your ego, but she's infinitely tougher than i am so i wear it <laughs> like a red badge of courage man <laughs> like it is my name i, yeah, I will good tell for you, you my name is christian with a k yeah and, and people misspell that all the time i'll never correct them but there have been so many times people have said ronda spelled it with an h i'm like i'm sorry ronda's with no h <laughs> ronda is r-o-n-d-a so that's right you want to you want to clarify which ronda you're named after right <laughs> right well, that's awesome, man. That's that's interesting. So, played or excuse me, wrestled in high school, wrestled in college. Uh, yeah. What college did you wrestle for? It was a D two, a small D two, Truman State, Northeast Missouri State turned into Truman State. Got so, it. from St. Louis, you might have recognized that it. it's on the border of Iowa, and uh, we would wrestle. We would we dueled Minnesota the year they took second in the country. And I remember telling my coach, I was like, why are we wrestling this circuit? Like it was insanity, but it was, um, it was a blast. Wrestling was intense, but a lot of good came out of that. And some bad came out of that, but wrestling has been like a passion of mine for 33 years. Wow. <clears throat> Cause I still coach it. And some of the kids, we have a huge wrestling culture in St. Louis, like a ton of wrestling coaching staffs. Um, so if you ever make it out here and you make it to some beatdowns, you want some intense beatdowns, those boys just, there's something wrong with those wrestlers out there. <laughs> they integrated into the F3, uh, culture beatdown in, in the region. So you're in the St. Louis region. It sounds like, right. um, I know St. Louis region is one of these expounding, uh, regions that keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So where are you exactly in that, uh, region as we speak now? I am right in the middle. So St. Okay. Louis, I will tell you, um, the history was GMO became the Nantan at the very, like February of 2020. <clears throat> and then he taps, taps my shoulder to be the first FQ. And uh, I mean, he and I were like, whatever, let's just get going. Prior to that, it had just been Sheldon, our, our original and the founder in St. Louis in 2017. And so for, really the majority of those three years, it was just Sheldon. Um, and that was a ton of structure, but then we got slammed with the pandemic. 
But I will tell you, we went from five AOs, dropped to four, and then like in a heartbeat. And when I say heartbeat, like in a matter of about three, four months, we're at 17 AOs in St. Louis. And people were just hungry, hungry for fellowship and hungry to be pushed in a different way, I believe. Um, and so then fast forward, GMO steps up as the U.S. sector head. Um, he ran out of options. So I was the last one he picked and uh, I became the Nantan of St. Louis in that while his Nantanship was focused on structure. I, I, I really believed we needed to divide. Like we needed to create organic opportunities for other leaders to lead and other men. They don't even know the capacity they have to lead with themselves. I mean, I cannot tell you from first FQ and as an Nantan, how many conversations I've had, tapping someone on the shoulder where the first response was no. I mean, I would say in the 90%, no, they just disqualify themselves. And I was just adamant we needed to invest. I mean, and one region has become, I don't, I don't know, we might, I mean, what used to be five AOs in, in 2020, now two and a half years later, we're probably in the low 80s across all the region. I mean, it's just, um, you couldn't stop this thing even if you tried. They would oust you before like any any acceleration <laughs> happened yeah Which no i just hear what happened to me like okay yeah, you got it <laughs> that's right <laughs> no just hearing it from afar you know i'm over in the fort mill metro region so obviously i'm accustomed to being in a region where lots of aos are and lots of opportunities from a workout perspective is but you know i know that there's other regions that are much smaller and then aspire to be this bigger region like you guys are and just kind of hearing the growth that you guys had over the last handful of years has just been amazing to watch. And just even through this accelerate campaign, we saw that your, your region really stepped up as donors and congrats to, to you guys out there for really, wow. you know, spearheading that and, and leading by example when it came to that. So um, certainly you guys are doing something right out there and, and as leader uh, you've done something right. So now you are the Nantan, but you also now have more of a, national or, or, or larger role, I guess, uh, as a sector queue. Is that correct? Yeah. So I actually, what I passed the Nantan flag off to Frozone, who's just killing it. And what was funny is I had, for whatever reason in my mind, decided that once I launched the city, so we had launched St. Charles, Washmo, then Jeffco, then, then the Spirit of St. Louis in the West. And then it was very clear that the St. Louis city packs had to be their own region. But prior to that, for whatever reason, it was an arbitrary line in the sand. I said, once they launch, I'll hand it off. But as I had invested in Frozone, it became clear he was ready now. And I said, I got to get out of the way because that's what we're called to do. You train yourself out of this role as fast as possible. And I think I've heard Slaughter saying that. And I, I just, I was like, Frozone, it's your time. And he was the one that actually launched St. Louis um city next will be the north at which point st louis what was previously just what we know as f3 st louis will be landlocked which will be awesome um and then in that time i replaced fib who did an awesome job um as the north central sector queue and so really what that means are all the um nantans really in that midwest core uh, quadrant kind of I'm looking to support and my, my heart and I've said this often it just it beats for the burnt out Nantan and and um we are working with a really awesome team 
um, that I'm building out as an SLT to be area cues. And I want the ratio of area cues who are investing in Nantans to be in the single digits. So one area cue to at least nine Nantans. And we are going to kick this off. Um, it's slowly rolling out in Q1 and will be operational because I have a few moving pieces. Those men have to hand off their Nantanship before they can do that. But the thought is there's just so many Nantans who who take the, the burden of the culture and it's it can be top heavy. And you'll see this commonly like Nantan, Site Q, or some some leaders in that region who just take the, the burden of the culture and, and we need to figure out a way to spread that out so it's not just on them to, to drive. And, and so our heart beats for those Nantans to invest in them, to, to make sure they're balanced and they're concentric on their health, uh, their mental health. Um, so that's what we're looking to do. So really we're, we're, we're trying to serve the, the men in the region and, and, then, and then get out of the way. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And just having the opportunity to speak to a couple sector cues at this point over the last handful of weeks, um, I can really tell that that is a passion for all, from all of you guys to kind of really reach out and be that support structure for those Nantans and, and ultimately those regions, which are going to serve those men that we're trying to pull out of sad clownness uh, out into the gloom. And I can only imagine being kind of in a region without support and trying to embrace this culture and right. put it out there and what a burden that is if you don't have the buy-in or the support from others. And so I see, I see this as a super exciting uh, thing that's, you know, F3 at large is developing and, and the, the beautiful thing of F3 and, and um, you've already, ex, you know, exemplified it by just, the ability to create other leaders and just keep passing that baton and getting out of the way right. and, and equipping. I think that's fantastic because it's countercultural to corporate America who wants the the title and the and 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 the salary and the prestige and mine, 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 and they never get out of the way because they worried about if they step away, somebody else is gonna outshine them. Imagine. And just and we're right? just showing that the opposite is exactly what the way to do it because there's no way you can be a, a an a sector queue unless you first give up the nantan ship you know and and just opens up more opportunities so it's just counterintuitive but important and then the reality is we're blessed in our nation and certainly in the f3 world uh just with high quality leaders and if you think and this is for anybody listening if you think you're the best of the best, uh, watch out, get out of the way, let somebody else come up behind you and really kind of show you uh, how to, how to be, we all have a purpose and, and, and we all have an opportunity to, to serve, you know, our, our dolphin or, you know, our daffodil as a dolphin, yeah, but, you um, you know, we just, we really just, uh, it, that's the one thing I've really appreciated with that three in the last five years of personally being part of it is just seeing this leadership development and, you guys are emulating it perfectly, certainly in your region and then now at the right. national level. So yeah, we're trying. And kudos I, to you. I will tell you, I just, and I've described this before, F3 is just so uncommon. We, we are trying to show the world something unlike anything they've ever seen. Men of all walks, men of all political um, affiliations, all religious, no religious affiliation, 
um, to a, to a Cubs fan, heaven forbid, or Cardinals fan, Yankees, or like I'm telling you, men who outside of being under the banner of F3 would be at odd, but under the banner, this man's willing to take on some of my burpees. That's uncommon. And, and so it's uncommon to have um, kinship with other men who can believe such different things, but you can agree to not just agree to disagree, but agree to, I will not let you hang back and, and, and languish in stasis. I mean, that's uncommon one. And then two, the fact that you're right, the way that we invest in others, like we, we you ask, what do we do in St. Louis? I mean, there are other regions who are, are really um, focused on this, but we are locked in on the mission. We have seen men, men's lives transformed and the ripple effects of one transformed F3 man ripples for generations and impacts hundreds of men. And so we are so locked in on that mission. And we believe the best way to do that is, hey, we got to invest in other leaders and could you imagine if we did that in our corporate world? Like there's this willingness to set aside pride and ego to invest in someone else. And I have not noticed until I've been recently over the last couple of years, been getting these reviews from my um, director and they do 360 reviews from peers and partners around. And I have been known to be one of the, 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 I'm, I work for Indeed. I'm in national account sales I leverage partners more than others and have really, really good, strong relationships with that with them because I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of ego when it comes to doing the right thing for my client. And if this person over here, she's way smarter than me, then guess what? We need to find a way for you to have a speaking part with clients. And I just that mentality of investing in others, I've tried to carry it on, but I agree. F3 is uncommon. I'm obsessed with trying to show this nation uncommon men. I man, that was, <laughs> no, I know where you're going, man. And that was well said and, and completely agree with you. So I can completely understand why GMO tapped you in the first place and why he continues to bring you <laughs> forward across, you know, across the F3 uh, leadership uh, roles. Well, let's do this, man. Let's, let's switch gears a little bit because part of the reason of this podcast is obviously no. get to know you a little bit better. And most importantly, kind of a health and wellness perspective, uh, kind of help uh, shine a light on some of the practices that you have, some of the things that you've learned over the course of time, challenges that you've overcame, and really just uh, share some of that information so the the men and women that get to listen to this podcast can glean some of that information and, and apply what's necessary. So I heard you say that uh, you wrestled and and you continued to uh, coach it a little bit. So give us a little background uh, of growing up. Uh, yeah, how yeah. active were you? What what you did for health and wellness? Uh, you know, up through college. Yeah. So I'm originally from Puerto Rico, and I came, flew from a little town right outside of downtown San Juan to Chesterfield, Missouri, which you know. And so, just so to be clear for those who aren't familiar, just look up. Chester from Missouri in 1987, and you'll see, you'll see green everywhere. <clears throat> then look up Isla Verde, San Juan, Puerto Rico, and you'll see, oh, that, that guy was right next to the ocean in a metropolitan. And then, I mean, my world exploded overnight. No one spoke what I spoke. And I am telling you right now, Puerto Rico had no idea. They might have kicked us out because I might have been the most energetic child in the island. And I, I'm sure I was bouncing in the airplane. And my parents... <laughs> Barely gave put me in karate, and that was way too structured, like way too structured. 
And they also said I didn't like hitting girls. Like every time it came to that, I just I felt uncomfortable. I don't remember that. Um, but I remember my brother, who was older, started wrestling. And so at 10, I, I came into wrestling and it was a beautiful chaos. Um, and I will tell you what's really marked my my growth in wrestling. Like I was always surrounded by studs. Like I wrestled with folks who who ended up being like made names, like national names for themselves. And then in high school, I mean, I started as a varsity wrestler as a freshman and I had a returning qualifier above me. I had a returning state champion above him. Above him, I had who was uh, Missouri's first four-time undefeated state champion. I didn't know anything but getting my tail whipped in practice. And I, I loved it. Something about... I just love pushing and I, I felt like I always had a little bit more. And um, one of my biggest regrets in college is like the laziest season of my life, my sophomore year. I really, honestly, I, I, I apologize to my coach in college years later because I never gave him a fraction of what I had in me. And it's a massive regret of mine that I, I, uh, I just allowed complacency to kick in. Um, I was I was a great kid in high school. I never even drank a sip of beer. And then the wheels came apart in college, man. And so I will tell you, I had a, a lack of discipline. I put on upon a bunch of weight my junior, senior year, and I wasn't wrestling those years. But wrestling was really, really good. And you get any of these wrestlers. It's why it's kind of unfair if you get us in a burpee or a Merkin challenge. But you, you want to equalize us, man. You just throw us on a treadmill. Or you just throw us on a track and be like, okay. Um, which is interesting because my journey this year is running. But one of the things that I pulled out of wrestling that I don't think gets talked about enough um, is I really did for a while develop body dysmorphia because for me, the scale was the enemy. I'm telling you, I cut no weight my freshman year. I wrestled 103, but I, I, I never broke 97 pounds. I qualified for state as a freshman, which was really exciting. That means you're one of the top 16 in the entire state. And we were the last class because we were a large high school, the last class to weigh in. They're like, hey, congrats. You're officially the lightest guy in the tournament. And here's me, 13, freshly 14. I'm like, I don't know what to do with that information. So I just I'm, I'm going to put it right here and be petrified for my next match. Um, but by my sophomore year in high school, I was cutting weight. And then by my freshman year in college and sophomore year, I was cutting some like significant weight. And I was doing it very poorly. In high school, I had no concept of the impact of what I was eating and saturated fats. None, none. I mean, I would step on a, on a, a scale with an empty plate. Then I put the food and I put the plate on there. And I was like, okay, that's, that's the impact. And that's the immediate impact. And that's as far as we thought we were hydrated, but we didn't do anything with nutrition. And the scale was my enemy. And so Fast forward, I know that for the longest time, I had an unhealthy relationship tying worth and value to a certain number on the scale versus how do I feel about myself? And that, that's been a really, really big journey, the worth and value this year for me, which we can get into in a second. But I'm telling you, I, I don't know if I'm on an island, but a, a lot of men may disqualify themselves as being healthy because they don't feel like they look like some of the other dudes in F3 or they attach 
some sense of value to that to that weighed man. And if I could speak to those men, it is it it really is a, a cancer and it it is toxic. Um and so that was one of the biggest negatives. And so I my son wrestled um and it's one of the biggest things I I, I always wanted him to know. I wanted to be careful, one about how he cut weight, but two that that didn't equal bad. I mean, like that's what coach would get mad at you if you didn't make weight. And you just associated the scale with like this anxious feeling, you know, I don't know yeah, if no, any that, of that is jiving. Yeah, no, no, that that's very <laughs> interesting. Um, you know, I personally did not wrestle, did not have any uh, close friends or even relatives that were in that sport. So although I was familiar with the idea of cutting weight and the whole idea with the weight class and so forth, I don't have any firsthand knowledge of, you know, the, the struggle that really a lot of the, you know, you as an athlete had to go through. So how tall are you actually Rhonda? <laughs> and you want to, I, I can go get my scale and, and weigh this. <laughs> I have no fear of that sucker. No, I'm five, eight. Okay. Five, eight. Rolling in at one eighty, but okay. I, where it should be is closer to one seventy. That's where like I'm at peak performance. And so, um, we can get into some of the things I've been doing to get to where I'm at now. Yeah, uh, I was just curious. How tall? I mean, so when you said you were 97 pounds as a freshman, I mean, I how tall were you there? I, was. I, okay, I, I just think curious. I hit puberty three years ago because oh, I was okay. <laughs> You're pretty um, short then. I will tell you my weight class. So I wrestled 103, 112 pounds. The my junior year, I wrestled 119 pounds, and for whatever reason, I got it in my head that I wanted to do 103. I wanted to do the weight classes in order. And, and I mean, I did really well my junior year in high school and, and placed, but I, I was cutting a lot when I would have a regular meal, I was walking around around 127 and then cutting down to 119 for every duel, for every tournament. It was, I mean, the, the percentage that I was cutting on my weight was significant, right? Uh, my senior year, I started 130, I got mono which crushed me my senior year. And then when I came out of that, I was like, I don't want to cut any weight. So I wrestled 135. In college, I wrestled 134, 142. And then I hit. I never really lifted consistently. My body responded fast to that. And I was wrestling 149, sometimes subbing for 157 in, in college. Okay. Now, when you said you had to cut for each match, how often was that happening? Weekly? Every couple days? Yes. During wrestling season, I mean, you're going, by the time you got to that point, like, and you were almost wrestling year round. Um, and I was, I was wrestling in tournament tournaments over the summer. And then I was wrestling in wrestling leagues. But once season started, I did cross country to try and lean up. It did very little, totally different types of workouts to get me in the wrestling shape, but it, it did get me leaned up. <clears throat> and so, um, I mean, that junior year in high school and freshman year in college, I cut at every duel, which was at a minimum weekly. Sometimes you had two things in a week. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, that's a lot of stress on the body to, to have to do that. Um, so you obviously were dialed in and I'm going to use air quotes here, nutrition, because you, you were, had to be very conscientious of that scale weight for that. Um, <laughs> but you mentioned something about saturated fats and some of that. Now, did you, were you coached at all from a, 
uh, nutrition standpoint from coaches or anything like that. How, how did you kind of rationalize what to eat and not to eat during those, those seasons? It was absolutely unhealthy. I mean, it was absolutely unhealthy. So to begin with, whoever designed wrestling for the winter, I mean, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, I'm from Puerto Rico, three, three Kings day. Like, and so like, and how we do Christmas, it's massive. And I just remember thinking, God, this is just not fair. Like my, 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 my relatives would make food. And I'm like, I, 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 so I couldn't participate in it, but I will tell you, it is part of the unhealthy relationship I had with the food, with food and the scale, because it was, imp- I would, I would honestly binge eat at some times. Cause I, I eat, super healthy, super healthy. And then I'd make weight. And then like, I was just slamming my body with all this stuff. And it was a constant yo-yo and it was, it was really unhealthy. No, no one talked. I mean, they talked to us about hydration and still to this day. I mean, I, I drink a lot of water a day, but, um, nothing on nutrition in college by that, the time I got to college. Yeah. We, I mean, even though we were a D2, we still had, um, our own trainer and then we had someone that would coach us on some of the nutrition they were tracking our scale but it really didn't matter because freshman year this would have been 98 they changed the rules in NCAA in 99 2000 98 to 99 99 yeah in 99 because in 98 especially for open tournaments like we we were just cutting like crazy and I remember one particular open tournament I won't give you the exact number, but I stepped on the scale on Tuesday morning and I was significantly overweight. Um, and most of it was water weight. Um, and it just came off really fast. And I made weight Thursday. Um, but it was my coach that weighed us in and then he submitted the weights. And then I had I had like a day to put on. I thought I was huge. And the second guy I wrestled, I was like, someone go grab a scale. This this man is a monster. Um so no, no one talked to us about that. And, I, and I'll, I'll tell you, Bones, it's been more in the last few years that I've started to associate like the number, the amount of protein I'm supposed to have for as much as I'm outputting. Um, Beans, who's going to be on now, just connected with our our, our boy, Honeypot, um, who knows a lot about this stuff. And he, Honeypot happens to be heavy plant-based we're trying to find what's the right balance for what beans beans and I have a similar body type. We're trying to figure out what we need to do, what tweaks we need to do to be at our peak performance. Cause we, we are trying to do some really, um, really hard things, but to do it in a way that we've never really approached it balance and, and, and wisely. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I've, I'm familiar with Honeypot. I have not personally spoken to him, but I know GMO mentioned him when I had an opportunity to kind of dive into his health and wellness journey. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it sounds like you got some good uh, guys around you there to kind of figure things out. Cause I know that you had shared previous of us push and record some of the uh, things that you have coming up and some of the things that you had uh, um, done previously here. And we'll, we can dive into that, but I want to kind of stay on this track of the nutrition because I think someone like yourself who really had to put a lot of attention to eating and cutting and stuff like that, and then trying to figure out currently what's working for you. So let's stay on the queen here. What are you finding that works really well for you now 
for yeah. some of the goals that you have? So, so to, first of all, I've identified the areas in the day I struggle the most as it relates to my queen. And I, and I firmly believe that the definition of queen is that anything that, that we allow our bodies to absorb. So it could be what we're listening, watching, but in this conversation, what we're eating, I eat so clean between the hours of whenever I wake up 4.30 and like 5.30 PM. And by clean, I mean, I, I, I don't really snack between my meals. Snacking's not an issue until after 5.30. Um, I don't like doing sugars too much because like it, it really doesn't impact me um, in the greatest way. Um, and they're fairly balanced meals. They, they really are. Like I, 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 I will have my protein powder. I have my amino acid powders that I, I take afterwards. Perfect amino. They don't taste great, but they are really, really good. Um, and so I do, I am obsessed with Dr. Prager's, um, black bean patties and any black bean patties. Like I freaking love them. Um, there's a place that beans and I were both shopping at called fit flavor and they have prepackaged meals and that's super helpful because the serve, the serving size is already taken care of. However, come five 30, this is a mindset thing that I've been working on in the last couple of years. I am burnt out from work. I am on my loft, which is built over my garage, which is connected to my house, which is right there. Downstairs for the garage, there for the rest of the house. And um, I go there, and if there's a bag of chips within arm's length, I mean, like, I don't, like, I don't do things, (laughs) I go all out. And so um, I have noticed that what I'll lose it and my discipline is at the end of the day. And so like, I mean, I am bound to almost double what I've consumed for the day in just a matter of 45 minutes. And so I put guardrails around that. One of my guardrails for that I'm currently on is for 60 days, just tracking wire to wire what I ate, good or bad. And just that, I think uh, Doa does something similar, but just the guardrail of knowing that I'm going to share this with my with my my boys allows me to have a little bit of moment of hesitation and it's not even a moment of hesitation honestly like i want a pause between urge and action to understand like why like why do i really want this and if i can answer why well then i can proceed but usually if i'm asking myself that honest question i was like yeah you're right i don't really need that um and it's an annoying question to ask oneself, right? The why. But my journey currently is recording some of the stuff that I'm eating, sharing it with them as guardrails. This next evolution will be not just am I at a deficit, which I have to be careful. Like today we lifted and then I ran five miles. I'm I'm running a lot because I hate running, but I hate that I hate running more than I hate running. So in this season, I'm doing a lot of running and I mean, I'm just burning calories because I'm also doing some of the CrossFit. So I've had to up my calorie intake, um, but I still want to be at a deficit. The next evolution will be, okay, the substance that I'm eating, is it balanced? And that's the level that I, I haven't taken it to that level. Beans, I'm going to write his coattails. I already told him because he had the conversation with Honeypot and it's further along on that part. On the, macro, on the micronutrients and what we should be consuming. Um, that's the next evolution of where I, I want to go. 
Got it. Yeah. Um, you know, that's interesting because what I'm hearing as a theme is intentionality, right? I mean, it's, it's kind of saying, all right, these are my goals. These are some of the things I need to do. And that's really kind of the first step for anybody listening that wants to dial in their queen is just being honest with yourself about what you're right. doing. And then more importantly, if you have some goals, you know, what are the intentional things to, to put in place in order to achieve it? And then ultimately, and I think it's a mistake a lot of guys make is they don't ask for help. They try to kind of figure it out on their own. And, and to your point and to your credit and even Bean's credit, looking to somebody that you feel like can right. benefit you and provide you some guidance and tapping into that person is fantastic because that's exactly what we need to do. We need to get help. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. Um, and, and even my own personal health journey is, has been just that finding other people that I'm influenced and inspired by and seeing what works for them and, and, and piecing it all together. No two of us are exactly the same and you kind of have to tweak it and figure it out. So I heard protein. Um, and then I heard the bean patties and stuff like that. Now, are you getting most of your protein through the shake amino acid slash uh, vegetarian perspective of, of protein? Do you eat meat? Do you dial that into? I do, into? I do but I, I went through a season for like two months straight where it was almost all uh, plant-based. And previous to that, I had done with my wife because she wanted to do this. This was back in 2015. We did um, the Whole30. Yeah. That, re that really shifted my taste buds i'm not kidding you like i never drank black coffee i only drink black coffee now i never ate like green beans as one like i or asparagus and after that i was obsessed with them i didn't eat a lot of sweet potatoes it's almost all i eat i'm trying to consume about 140 grams of proteins and today i can get that through a lot of the meat the patties the protein um i need to do better at staying on that Honestly, the thing I, I need to do the best at, it's less related to nutrition and more health, it's my sleep. I mean, I, and I think all F3 men might be marked by this, but like I do not get enough sleep and it really makes, yeah, there's more to that story because it impacts my wife at the end of the day. But the, yeah. what I have noticed impact me more is sleep, but I am still trying to understand, to your point, some of those, how I'm going to get to the, protein goal like if we go plant-based i don't know how we get there and i i i genuinely i don't know and so i'm hoping honey pot offloaded some stuff and beans and i can land on something that works for us yeah or you have to ask yourself if if going completely plant-based is optimal you know i mean i think right? those yeah, are other I things too you have to consider and you know i i've i've gone both ways and, and as far as the spectrum of that over the course of my career i'm currently on the meat side uh, a more of the yeah. carnivorous uh it's, perspective it's, amazing. it's so amazing <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh, i i don't get you know i don't get sick of ribeyes i mean I, I i i kid you not at this stage of the game i'm eating like five or six ribeyes a week plus you know hamburger patties and 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 i'm really very little plant-based at this point, just, and I'm really kind of doing it as my own experience, uh, experiment, because like I said, I'm always trying to learn and I'm always trying to try to figure out what dial things in, you know, for myself and, and so forth. But, uh, so yeah. And, and to your point, I also found it very difficult to do completely plant-based, uh, and get all the protein, but that's why 
you know, uh, Honeypot, if you're listening, man, I'd love to get you on the show. I'd love to have this conversation yeah. on the air because these are the type of things guys need to listen to so that they have these different perspectives and they have an opportunity to kind of get educated on how to do some of that if that is their desire and that's something they I want agree. to do. Now, you mentioned, I heard you talk about deficit as in you're trying to burn more calories than um consume i'm assuming with that that statement um is there a reason you're trying to have a caloric deficit i mean you are you attempting yeah. to lose weight at this point yeah I, I yeah i want to so for the longest time i was operating around 165 and i felt lean i felt fast and so i'm operating at about a half a coupon above that and for the amount of running that I want to do and some of the goals that we have, I absolutely want to, I don't think, so 165, I was at, that would have been 2015. I know I put on some muscle mass since then. So I, I, I think to, to drop down the 165 may not be realistic, but I have earmarked 170 and we'll see at that point, I, I just want to level set it. And so I do, but I, I have to be very smart about the caloric def- deficit. Like Saturday, we ran, we ran 13 miles. Okay, I burnt 16, 1700 calories, whatever it is, somewhere around there. It's in my Garmin. And if I'm eating my 2000 calories that I'm normally eating, then I'm at a massive deficit. Um, And so the other thing I've noticed, and this I got from Honeypot, I fast on Mondays, dinner Sunday to Monday dinner. And then once a quarter, at least, I'm trying to do a 36 hour, which if we can go back on Honeypot for a second, part of what's marvelous about this man is you look at him. He's in his 60s and he's usually right on your heels. And I'm like, I don't even understand the science behind this man. <laughs> and but like and then he'll tell you he just is coming off a 36 hour fast. And you're like, I mean, your head parts of your head are just falling out. You're like, OK, man, if this man can do that. And he's fasting really, really helped me with my relationship with food. It's almost like it divorced me from some of like these addictions that I was feeling towards wanting to get food. And so I strongly recommend if someone wants to learn about fasting or intermittent fasting, you've talked about it. Um, I, it's been a great experience for me, but anyhow, um, I, I yeah, no, how- I mean, I think, yeah, yeah, no, you answered the question, kind of gave me a perspective. And I get, you know, when we have specific goals in mind. And to your point, if you're going to be doing a lot of running, right. and I that's heard, how we got here, you know, and, and, I, and I heard when you were, um, before we pushed record, and we can dive into some of these events, but you were talking some pretty extensive distanced type of yeah. running events. And certainly the less weight we have on our frame. The, the more adaptive we are to that. And certainly when Back I've gone knees, through, right. Yeah. I, I've gone through some running seasons in my own uh, regard. And even as recent as this past fall, when I did my latest or my last kind of longer distanced relayed event, I mean, I'm, I'm right between six, six, one, and I was all the way down to like 170. And so wow. I was really thin and, and I could move. I'm I'm now back up to about 186, uh, just because I've a, a transition. I'm not running as much, and I'm lifting much heavier just to kind of put on muscle again. But um, 
I, I get it. And I think that's necessary, you know, for certain seasons of life. Um, but at the same time, I know calories aren't bad when it comes to, to restoration and repair and things that we need to be. And I've, I've shared previously on a podcast about less about caloric restriction and more about muscle building when yeah. it comes to really the frame and repair because the epidemic as we get older in our society is the lack of muscle that a lot of our adult population has and certainly the elderly. And that's really kind of the downward spiral as they get really older, you know, in, in the upper years as they fall and they fracture a hip or they do something like that, just kind of spirals yeah. them out of control. And most of that's because they don't have the functionality of the muscle tone. And that's something I think that we need to kind of concentrate on, but our society is so bent on the caloric restriction diet mantra of burn fat, lose fat, no fat, you know, restrict your calories that I think, uh, overall as a society, we're not really served really well. And, um, so anyway, I was, I was just kind of, kind of getting the perspective of, of what yeah. you had going on with that. Um, and it makes perfect sense. And, um, I love, I like the idea of your protein intake because a lot of times people get concerned about too much protein. And what we're really finding, um, is about a pound per, you know, uh, a pound or excuse me, a, a, a gram of protein. No, not a gram. What am I? A kilogram right. of a protein per um, pound of body weight uh, can be really, no, is it gram or kilogram? I'm getting myself I, confused. I, I actually was trying to figure out, no, I, I know I do 140 grams. Yeah, okay. So that's what I'm thinking of. So grams. It, it yes. was like a percentage of my, it was a combination of the percentage of the weight, but also if I, I forgot how I even got there, but it factored in some of the endurance events that I was training for. Like got we did it. one of the adventures of the Grand Canyon when we did the rim, the rim, the rim all in one go. And as I was preparing for that, I was like, I really, really need to get my protein settled and not have it be up and down. And like, that's the one thing that I know I try to, that in my, my, I drink almost a gallon of water every day, which is insane. Cause that's a bathroom and that gets used like in a, in a moment it'll hit me. I'm like, I gotta go. Um, yeah. Those are the two things that I'm steadiest at. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been good. That's why any shifts I make. If I go plant-based, I have to have my protein there because we are doing a ton. And now Beans will tell you, we felt like we were getting weaker. So now on Sundays, we lift, <laughs> excuse me, on our own. Tuesdays, we lift in his basement, like heavy, heavy lifting um, in addition to then running later. But like it is, it is we're trying to regain our, our strength. And like we do a lot of these push-pull things, but not a lot with heavy resistance which is vital to your point. And I don't remember the article I read this in, but it was talking about, we actually have a muscle deficit issue as you get older. And they talked about heavy resistance. And that's the one thing we don't do as much in our day-to-day -day F3 workouts. Yeah. And that's why, you know, uh, I'm a big proponent of those gear workouts with F3 and rucking right. workouts and things like kind of force a guy to, to lift something a little bit heavier and, 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 and why I personally, in addition to my F3 regime, if you will, choose to do some kind of resistance training on my own, just because of that perspective, because you don't always get it to that level with 
you know, your average boot camp or whatever. And some regions do it better than others. And, and certainly this isn't a blanket statement that F3 doesn't offer it. But yeah. I, I do know that sometimes we can get a lot of run heavy. We can get a lot of, you know, just body weight. And there's nothing wrong with body weight, but sometimes adding that additional um, mass makes a big difference when it comes to, to muscle development. And so, yeah, I think um, to, to, I just want to clarify the grams if I'm thinking about it correctly. I think it's one gram of protein per body pound of, you know, desired lean mass. So if I'm 180 so pounds, I might be low too on my protein. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then what they're finding, but you know, I mean, if you look at the FDA's, you know, requirements, they're, they're, they're way lower than that. They're looking at like 75 grams a day for normal. And, and I think right. that's where we, we run into that. But uh, anyway, I know you mentioned um, sleep. I don't know if you right. want to dive into that real quick. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll just tell you this impacts me in two ways. One, I, my wife and I have been talking a lot more and, and we just don't want to be empty nesters and figure out like, and we should probably work on our relationship. So we've really started communicating and focusing on our communication. I should say, and one of the things that's come out of this is she's expressed some of the, some of the pain that she experienced as I really dove headfirst into F3, into my fitness goals, because the energy and my output was not proportionate to my pursuit of her. And one area of this really um, came through is sleep because I will sacrifice my sleep to ruck with a man who wants to unburden himself with something that he's talking about. So I'm rucking with him from five, excuse me, four to five, because and so many AOs in St. Louis, they like to do something from five to five 30. And so then we're doing that from five to five 30. So I'm sacrificing my sleep. And so my watch routinely I'm, I'm getting up between 345 and 415. And so like that was scooching a little bit further up, which meant at the end of the night, if I wanted to have any meaningful engagement with my wife, like I was fighting sleep and I wasn't all present. So that was one major thing that came out. The other one was because I was trying to be present. I mean, I'm falling asleep like a 10, 1030. I mean, I was for a while averaging about five hours sleep and my body can't do that. And so one of my daily checklists is I try to hit seven hours and I've honestly pulled back on one to two days a week. Instead of going six days a week, I'm going four to five days a week. Or like today I ran, um, oh, I'll run between like one of my my um sessions so so that i'm not burning the clock early and i can be more present with my wife and so just a strong encouragement to the men take care of your bodies take care of the things that we talk about our concentric circles yeah no i'm glad you brought that up because usually because of that hard start in the morning uh we have to kind of make those concessions the night before to in order to get the sleep and to your point, if you're going every morning that early, I can understand how by the end of the day, um, you know, you're just tired and, and, you, and you're, and you're, you're crashing. And, and so, um, you brought up the, uh, another great point about sometimes we F3 is fantastic for us as men, but you know, you have to also have that hard conversation with yourself and your M how much are you dedicating to those men in the gloom in comparison to your own concentrica? I, and, good, you know, yeah. Yeah, I had those nothing. men are supposed to make you better at your concentrica, not take you away from that concentrica. So right. perfect point. Well, brother, I know we can 
talk forever, but I know you have a, a hard stop here um, shortly. Um, just as we wrap up, first of all, I just want to say thank you for being on the show and, you, and for everything that you're doing for F3 and F3 Nation. If a guy wanted to reach out to you, uh, what was some best ways for them to do that? I mean, Rhonda, I'm on the nation Slack. So Rhonda, I think there may be two of us and um, I, they spelled it with an H. So, so we're good. Uh, I, and the nation Slack channel for sure. Awesome. Well, I'll definitely have that link to the show notes. That's how I reached out to you. So I know that firsthand is really easy to do. So my last question for you, Rhonda, is this, what is your definition of wellness? Oof. Um, well, for me in this season, I think what word that comes to mind is balance. Like I, I, my, my shield gnosis, I'm like a, a pendulum and I swing to extremes. And so, so to me, like when I think of wellness, like I, I, I need to do better at striking a balance and then understanding why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, and so I, I don't know if that correctly answers it, but for me, that's the first thing that I, I, I think of. Yeah, no, perfect answer, brother. And maybe we can get you back on the show another day, um, especially uh, after you've kind of really dialed in the nutrition goals that you have and some of the things yeah, yeah. that you're doing here recently. Love, uh, to. love to check back in with you, brother. All right, man. Take it easy. Be well. Hey, take care. Nation, appreciate you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Hunt for Wellness podcast. Please rate and review our show and be sure to share it with your F3 brothers. As always, we are looking for inspiring stories to share and health experts to interview. So if that's you, please reach out to me at bones at huntforwellness.com, on the nation's Slack at bones, or Twitter at HFW Podcast. And until next time, this has been Bones guiding the packs of F3 Nation on their hunt for wellness.